As of yesterday, when business closed in, or at least the stock market and everything else closed in Argentina, the exchange rate for the peso blue, and I'll give you a bit of an explanation, it's the unofficial exchange rate, which is more of the daily exchange rate in Argentina, ends up um, at 184 for $1. I think the official is somewhere around 100 So in other words... If you use your credit card for dinner, just so you understand how much of a difference there is, how much of a, of a, of a disparity there is, the official rate is like 100, 105, 110, something like that. So if you pay with your credit card, if you pay with your credit card, you end up paying 184, basically, for your, you end up paying 184 for your, for your dinner. If you go out to dinner, if you pay cash, it ends up being a hundred. Does that make sense? Okay. It's not supposed to because it's absolutely crazy, but it's the reality that's going on in Argentina right now. I say this so you understand exactly where I'm heading first and foremost. Yesterday we saw Alechico Minero just absolutely wipe the floor with River. I mean, River had a brave performance, but... You just knew that this team was a far cry from the previous versions, the previous incarnations of River back in 2015, 2018, 2019, all the other teams that they had before under Marcelo Gallardo. And, and, and it was very apparent. It was very evident on the pitch because you saw a team that did what they could with what they had against a team that pretty much is one of the now three semifinalists, and amongst the three semifinalists that have advanced, they're amongst the top five. Three of those teams are in the top five in terms of the most expensive payrolls in South American football. Now, when you start looking at the actual numbers, you know, and you start comparing it to Europe, of course, it's peanuts, it's nothing. But keep in mind that these are, you know, I mean, Brazil is a different beast in and of itself, as Brazil is a very, it's a league that's very capable of being very sustained by itself. It's, it really has never truly needed to distribute itself or market itself outside of Brazil. Didn't really have to. Compared to a league like, let's say, Mexico, where it depends a great deal on the U.S., on the U.S. market. If, if it weren't for the U.S. market for Mexico... Mexican League would be nowhere close to where it is now. That all being said, the differences between Argentina and Brazil economically are just so astronomical right now that it's it's pretty it's pretty evident in how things are economically at the football level. Just to give you a bit of a reference and using the numbers that I just used earlier on, when I was living there, or when I was going to school there back in, in 2002, the dollar was slipping. I mean, it, prior to 2002, the Argentine peso and the, and the U.S. dollar were, were pretty much one and the same. As, as one was linked to the other in terms of value, of course, the economic crisis um, came through in late 2001. I get there in 2000. Well, I get there very, very early 2002. And um, and then the, the currency starts falling. It was at three to one when I was there. Three to one, okay? 
like I said now, the unofficial, which is pretty much the one, the, the currency that's used on a daily basis by people all over, is at 184. It went down one peso yesterday. So it's at 184. So it's something along a 6,000% increase. Maybe even more. But 6,000% increase in terms of, of cost of living, in terms of running a business, in terms of everything. Everyday life. That's how things have, have, have transpired in Argentina in the past 20 years. Again, inflation has always been a problem in Argentina. But it's still prevailing and it's going down a very slippery slope from a domestic and also from a socioeconomic standpoint. And I'm not here to talk politics. I'm just here to give you a comparison of how things are and how things reflect in terms of football. Because at the end of the day, a country's economic situation, a country's social situation is reflected in its game. And it is quite evident. No one wants, I mean, barely anyone that has a an interest to continue being prosperous from a football standpoint and wants to earn money is going to go to Argentina. They're not, they're just simply not going to, unless you live there, unless you want to retire there, unless you, you, you grew up, you grew in a team and, and you have some type of affinity towards them. It's very difficult to bring in a player, pay them in, in dollars, which is what you would have to do, especially if they're a foreign player and be able to, to justify that and be able to have a team with, 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 you know, good balances in their books. It's not going to happen. That reality has finally come across and, and has affected River Plate, has affected Boca, has affected River Plate for a long time now. Keep in mind that their economic situation has not been good for a while. It didn't magically get better. It did get, you know, the cracks got papered a bit because of the titles they were winning, the Copa Libertadores they were winning, and everything else that was going on during the Marcelo Gallardo era, but, but the economic situation never got better. I think it was something they were saying last night, something like 40-something players that have left River on a free transfer. Not bringing in as much, not even a dime to River's coffers. So where were they getting money from? I think there's something like 30 million US dollars that they need to be able to get in order to finish their renovations, they don't have that money. They don't have that money at all. Let's not even talk about Boca, who at one point, the previous administration said that they had 105 million or something like that, 100 million in, in surpluses. And when the new administration comes in, that money's no longer there. Of course, we can go into the rabbit hole of, of, of corruption and, and, and uh, cooking the books and, and all these other things that, that, that are common practice we're not common practice. They have been done in the past, I should say. And that's been a big problem. And that's one of the reasons why you see players that are, you know, haven't have barely played in the first division, end up having a couple of good matches, and all of a sudden they're sold to Europe or to the M to MLS or to Brazil. I mean, it's ironic because we're talking about this, but but one of the the stars of last night's match happened to be Matias Aracho who was at one point the best player for Racing when they won their league title. And Saracho ends up being sold to Atletico Mineiro. It's the reality. It, it's, it's a very harsh reality that... Uh, and again, I'm using Argentina as the example. It's, it's been the, the league that has been able to compete 
the most and the best against Brazil with all the money that they've had. I mean, the rich keep getting richer. I mean, the Chico already with Hulk, Nacho Fernandez, Saracho, Edu Vargas, Diego Costa. Flamengo still end up being the team with the highest payroll. So, you end up seeing that. Palmeiras is not that far behind. Of course, Boca and River, at this point, their respective books might be reduced significantly. Remember, there's no more in Boca. You don't have certain players that are, are commanding big salaries anymore. So, that goes down. And also, the amount of money that they're generating is, is no longer there. So, that also goes down. And now, we already talked about River. It's a very tough climb. It is a very tough. Look at Defensa y Justicia, for example. A team that won the Copa Sudamericana just had, was completely dismantled. Well, not dismantled, but had a lot of its major pieces completely removed. Their leading goal scorer was taken out of the fray and is now at River. So when, when these teams end up being able to create something special if it's not Boca and River taking players it's you know them having to sell players abroad keep in mind that with Argentine football and this is not River this is not Boca this is Argentine football that the most important revenue stream right now outside of TV rights is transfers to Major League Soccer you heard me right Major League Soccer basically is keeping Argentine football afloat. That sounds crazy, but it is exactly true. So so when you start seeing all these things and, and, and the possibility of having to pay players in U.S. dollars and, and, and not having the funds to be able to, to keep a, a team together and, and, and no marketing strategy, you don't have people that, that are savvy in terms of, of being able to find new revenue streams and, and, and looking at new ways of being able to create for these clubs. Remember, a lot of these teams are not franchises. A lot of these entities are individuals that were elected by, by members of a club in order to run the club. The problem is some clubs ended up being multi-million dollar entities. You know, that, that's what it is. It's like a social club. It's like a neighborhood club, you know, where people go hang out. That's where these clubs, that's where the affinity towards the club in the neighborhood is all comes from. It's like, I don't know, like a YMCA or a PAL, things of those types of, of that nature that if you're familiar with it in the United States, you understand exactly what, what, it, what it's about. Except these teams, <laughs> they're paying people to play for their, for their respective sports. They're paying them hundreds of thousands, even in some cases at times, they were paying up to millions of dollars. But you saw this happening. You saw this coming. Now, is it, is it, the, is it you know, the last gasp? No, football's cyclical. There will be teams that, that come back and contend, but it is a very telling, very telling issue that River weren't able to maintain. They weren't going to maintain it anyway. But you end up seeing now that the priorities are elsewhere. The priorities are elsewhere for, for Rodolfo Donofrio. He's gone in a couple of months. 
he'll be waiting for Brito, who who's the main candidate to to take over, and he looked to extend any type of agendas that uh, Donofrio established. But Donofrio is more interested now in the presidency of Argentina eventually than anything else. So from his perspective, it doesn't matter. We invested what we invested, and that's it. We're done. Anything else that comes after this, a bonus. It's nice. It'd be nice to leave with a league title, which is the only thing River's going to be playing for from here on out. But, yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty much there. That is basically what's going to happen. That is basically all to play for. But there's a lot of question marks in terms of what happens when Donofrio leaves and all of a sudden you start finding out that there's more debt. There's a lot of trouble coming on Argentine football. And let me not be the one, you know, I, I, I'm never one that likes to be a bearer of bad news. But right now I am being a bearer of bad news because there's a lot of things that are coming and, and there's very little that these teams are doing in order to prevent it. They're going to probably be wait, waiting for new TV rights, and, and that's about the only thing they can conjure up. That's the only thing that they've been able to imagine or, or, or be creative in, in terms of creating, and that's that's a problem. That's a major problem, and, and, and the leadership of, of the game in that part of the world ends up being that. Now, Brazil is not all high and mighty. Let's be honest. Brazil's not a, a um, you know, it's not omniscient. It's just that it has money. And they've been able to have dumb money at times, stupid money in some cases. And they've been able to burn money. Some teams have, have you know, burned money on players, have burned money on coaches, have burned money on coaching contracts. At, at times they were paying four, five, six coaches at the same time because, you know, they'd gone through five, six coaches at the same time because they didn't believe in processes. They believed in winning at all costs and winning now. Now, if they aren't intelligent, they can end up going through the same fate. Although they still have a bit of a cushion because economically Brazil is a little bit more solid. Has a bit more foundation. Economically, it's 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 not been as closed door as Argentina. I mean, uh, the tourist industry in Argentina is basically dead as of right now. Because they've closed the entire country for nearly a year and a half now. And, and that causes a lot of problems. Brazil hasn't. For better or for worse. But th- there's there's an issue there. There's an issue there. And, and that's where you start to, to see these types of things. And, and you say, how much longer? <laughs> that question I can't understand. I can't really tell you. But that money is going to continue coming through for, for the Brazilian sides. And until that stops, there's no telling how, you know, how much longer Brazilian sides can, can end up you know, dominating South American football dominating not just in Copa Libertadores, but start looking as well in terms of the Copa Sudamericana. You start looking at, at where the teams are in this tournament. And you really... It's, it's frustrating because you truly want to see different representatives from different countries because then you start to see that, that the, the overall competition is healthy. That the overall competition is doing well. That you're seeing teams come in. Of course, Barcelona has a chance to get in to into the semifinals. Barcelona beating or, or having a 1-1 draw against Fluminense ends up getting into the semifinals yet again. It would be the, the, the second time in the, pa- in the past five years. 
you have a chance of having four teams in the semifinals in Copa Libertadores. You have the possible, well, the probability of two waiting for, to see what happens with Atletico Paranaense in the Sudamericana. Three, if Santos is able to get through, which they currently have the advantage over Libertad. So you could possibly have three teams from Brazil in the semi. Yeah, it could have a total of eight semifinalists in total based on two competitions. Seven of them could end up being from Brazil. The only one as of right now that is officially through is Peñarol. That just shows you how much power Brazilian football has from a money standpoint. And they've been able to draw people. I mean, where, where would you want to go? I mean, Brazil can can contest some 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 teams in Europe for salaries. They can. They can they can challenge Mexico for for salaries. They can do that because they have that possibility. They have the resources, and that's why you see the teams that are there, the teams that have gotten to the semifinals of the Libertadores, and where they are in terms of the economic scale in South American football. But again, like I said. You can have all the money in the world and still not win. But you get to a certain point that you might have all the money in the world and you put yourself in a damn good position to do it. That's all I can say about that. That's truly the big difference right now. And everything that happens in Europe, ladies and gentlemen, if you translate it over to South American football, it gets amplified tenfold. Just keep that in mind for the next coming years.